So I'm still not really sure what I should call these shows that I do where I do some news wrap up of some things I've noticed, some things I've seen recently, and just some stuff that's come out um, in the current time of the recording. Uh, and I'm, it's just because I'm really bad with names. I'm really bad with creative names. I, as you can tell by the show name, um, it, I'm really, it's really hard for me to make something that's really creative, really, um, that works well with this. Uh, th- this show was kind of an inspiration. The show's name was kind of just an inspiration for the way that my facial hair grows and kind of the subject matter of everything that we talk about on here. Uh, and so a news wrap up segment for like this whole podcast, I'm not really sure what I should call it. So we'll just keep going with what I've been calling it. So this will be news number three. Um, but we have some pretty cool stuff we're going to be talking about tonight. Tonight we got, uh, we got, we have some video game. We've got a mix of everything really. We've got some video game. We've got some movies. Uh, we've got some holiday gift, uh, things that have come up. Um, uh, just an overall, this is going to be an overall one, not just a really honed in on thing. Um, so I'm actually pretty excited because I wanted to talk about this one a lot too with you. Um, anyway, let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, of course, my name's Chris, and this, well, you already know, but this is just another Neckbeards podcast. Okay, welcome back again, everybody. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm not very good with names, uh, so this is news number three. <laughs> um, but yeah, so why don't we go ahead and get right into it and get into kind of the coolest thing uh, that I found this week. And it's not really something new. This is, uh, if you pay attention to any uh, any of the really big uh, video game uh publishers not even publishers like uh journalist uh publishers i guess like kotaku ign um uh even uh, i even i believe some no names or or even normal like news networks like uh, have picked up on this uh and that's that sonic 3 uh you know the old sonic the hedgehog 3 for the old genesis uh there was a recent prototype found that dates way before the game's release uh, and actually incorporates a lot of the music that was found in the uh, PC port that was created in 97, uh, which I actually do own. I do own that CD uh, in the port. Um, I got that. I, I received that as a gift when I was a child because I, I like Sonic the Hedgehog, and, and this was one of the things that was gifted to me uh, when I was, uh, you know, uh, around eight or nine. I mean, it wasn't when the game was released. I believe I got it in maybe 98, so about a year, a- I guess a year after the PC port. Uh, but either way, that doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it, it's really interesting because it incorporates a lot of the stuff that you would eventually, that would be seen in that. And it actually further enhances the idea that uh, Michael Jackson was one of the people that helped create the Genesis soundtrack for the uh, the Sega Genesis version of the game. And it, it helps incorporate some of the features that we'd already seen before, like, uh, uh, like of course, the... Uh, some of the zones being originally supposed to be for Sonic the Hedgehog 3, 
um, before later getting cut up due to time constraints. We get we get a lot of verification. This is all new information that we've already kind of knew uh, known and been able to suspect just through the game files themselves. Uh, but this is further confirmation for that. Um, so actually what this is, is that you're going to be able to find this uh, right on, uh, it's called Hidden Palace. Uh, or you can also check out um, Hidden Palace or, uh, hold on, they reference them in this. It is the Cutting Room Floor. Sorry, yeah, I knew it. I knew it and I just totally botched the name. So my bad, my bad guys. But uh, you can get a lot of this information from that website uh, because these are these are people that really try to find prototypes, betas of games, uh, and it's just the information that they've dumped is actually really interesting. They help provide uh, a lot of that more conveniently for us. So why don't we go ahead and take a look at that article um, that they or it's really a blog, I guess, <laughs> uh, of what they have shown. Uh, so we have right here. Um, Sonic, um, I guess it's Sonic month for them, whatever that means. But, um, here we go. He says, remember when I said that Sonic Two Nick arcade was going to be the apps or was going to absolutely be anything that I would ever dump. This is also the guy that found the, uh, Sonic, the hedgehog two uh, featured on a, um, I believe I'm going to switch that to cut by the way. Uh, believe it was featured on a show on Nickelodeon. Uh, I'm not 100% familiar with it, but let's go ahead and slide on back into it. As you can see, there's some screenshots given. Sonic himself looks differently. Um, a lot of the sprites are more reminiscent of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 rather than 3 themselves. As you can tell, 3 has much smaller, has much less detailed, a much smaller Sonic, and he's also more aggressive-looking Sonic. This looks a little more cartoony, a little more cheery than what we've seen before. Uh, or, you know, reminiscent of what we had seen in uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, but here we go. He goes, behold, a prototype, prototype, sorry, I can't talk right now, of Sonic the Hedgehog 3 for the Sega Mega Drive. Not just any Sonic 3 prototype, that prototype. Uh, it goes, furthers on, further goes on to explain some of the situation, what I already told you about time constraints. Um, helps, uh, you know, reinforce the fact that uh, infamous, you know, Michael Jackson's songwriting crew, under the direction of Brad Buxer. Brad Buxer himself has confirmed that uh, Michael Jackson was working on it, even though he's not accredited in the uh, game. Something about he didn't want to be accredited to it. Or, or Again, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of information when it comes to Sonic the Hedgehog 3's history and when it comes to Michael Jackson being an influence on that. And a lot of that can easily be found uh, through anywhere. So I shouldn't be your go-to source for something like that. Um, Hidden Palace seems to be like a really good resource for a lot of this stuff. Cutting Room Floor. Uh, I believe there's even an entire website dedicated to just the actual history of Michael Jackson's influence on Sonic the Hedgehog 3 that you could easily look up through a Google, Google search. You don't need me to really reinforce that with you. But again, it is something that needs to be repeated 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 to give you context for what this whole find really helps enforce it's exciting news uh, for people that enjoy those old like discovering old prototypes and stuff and, and it really depends on the game for me but i i find a lot of this stuff really interesting because you can really see where how the development process process goes and where things get fine-tuned, where things get cut, what features might have been in the game that uh, we didn't get. Uh, because that is happened. A lot of stuff does get cut from games a lot of the time. 
Um, let's see if there's any, there was another thing that was pretty interesting. Uh, he provides some, yeah, magazines, uh, cuts that help further prove that this is in fact the version of the game that they were playing, uh, you know, recreates a lot of the cutscene or not cutscenes, um, uh, screen caps that were found in the magazine, uh, which are, I mean, arguably you could recreate those very easily in Photoshop or anything like that. But again, uh, that kind of ruins journalistic integrity. So you kind of have to expect that he, especially coming from a place that is really passionate about this, you would expect them to really not lie to you about this. Um, anyway, I believe he does drop the ROM for people to go play for themselves, um, which I guess I can't really suggest you do because it is kind of technically illegal, but uh, you know, legality or really questionability of having of playing roms is, is more or less up to you um I, again i can't i can't tell you what to do with your time on the internet what to do with what you download it's really up to you and again it's a super old game uh, if you don't own a copy of sonic the hedgehog 3 by the way i mean it's like 99 cents on steam or a lot of other, there's there's millions of copies of it out there anywhere you can get but moving on with sonic the hedgehog why don't we stay with that theme <laughs> and we did have uh so earlier this year earlier this year we had uh, a trailer for the sonic the hedgehog movie come out um, and this was before I, the trailer had come out before I really started the channel, really started doing shows again. Um, but, and it wasn't really anything for me to cover because it's, it had already been done. And even still now it's been, it's been overdone. You know, a lot of people have already talked about it, have already stated their opinions on it. Um, and you know, a lot of people didn't like the trailer and it wasn't because the trailer looked bad. A lot of people thought it was cheesy, but of course it is. It's a video game movie. What, what, what do you really expect? Uh, but a lot of people were horrified of the design of Sonic the Hedgehog and how, you know, how really bad it looked. And to be fair, there are uh, there's a lot of select moments where he does look bad. He looks very bad, and it's been pointed out all over the place uh, on how bad his design is. Uh, one very famous instance is right here. Uh, if I could, uh, here we go. Um, right here for you. Uh, one very, I'll just, uh, yep, there we go. Uh, one very is select instances. This shot right here where he looks horrifying. He looks, uh, way too realistic. He looks, it's not even a realistic approach cause he's supposed to be a cartoon character coming into the real world. He looks way too humanistic for it to really be something like they really tried to hone in on the hedgehog look with small. He's got very small eyes. He has human teeth, which isn't really something you're like realistic human teeth, by the way, not like kind of cartoony teeth where they have like four notches and they're like giant teeth. Uh, but it was like small, like almost shark jaw like teeth. Uh, and it's not something that you should really, uh, you know, enforce. And a lot of people called it nightmare fuel. Um, and here we go. And th even this article does. I didn't even realize it. it says Sonic the Hedgehog movie delayed to fix nightmare inducing design. Um, so anyway, it got a lot of the trailer came out to a lot of negative feedback. Now, this is going to get very tin hat, you know, very tinfoil hat sounding of me. But the movie was delayed. Um, 
And <laughs> sorry, oops, wrong camera. Uh, so the movie was delayed to really redesign Sonic because there was such a negative backlash of people going out of their way to say how bad the movie was, tweeting about it constantly. There was numerous YouTube videos about it, numerous, even that one, there was numerous articles about people saying how bad the design was, how the movie shouldn't even come out. So Sega themselves, you know, said, okay, we heard your feedback. You don't like the design. We're going to, we're going to delay the movie. The movie is supposed to be out this month originally. And they said, okay, we're going to delay the movie. We're going to redesign Sonic and we'll let you know when it's ready. Um, so we did get a new trailer. It's the exact same trailer from the original movie, but well, actually I don't even think it's the same. It's a little different. It's mostly the same, but Sonic's redesigned. And his redesign is more in line with what people were expecting, where he looks very similar to the newest 3D renditions of Sonic, excluding Sonic Boom. Uh, but if you look at you know, a game like Sonic Forces or uh, even uh, the previous one, Sonic Lost World, his design is more in line with that. And that's what people were expecting. And now that we've got that, people are saying, okay, we like the design of Sonic, but now they're going out of their way to saying, I'm still not going to go see the movie. And this is kind of bad because Sega has said, uh, not even that Sega has said, but there have been numbers pop up that say that his cost, the redesign has cost Sega $35 million to redesign Sonic the Hedgehog for the movie. Pushing the you know, the budget way up. That's a lot of money. You know, it's more money than you and I will ever see in our lives. Uh, it's an insane amount. And so now people are saying that they're still not going to go see the movie. People weren't, were already saying they weren't going to go see the movie anyway, because it's a video game movie. And that's already pretty bad. I mean, I, I honestly, I want to see the movie. I'm pretty excited for it because it looks, this looks like the most genuine video game based movie that we've honestly ever really come to see. This looks like they're really trying to incorporate something new and original. Um, to be honest, though, it is kind of going to be like that cheesy kids movie. So we'll probably there'll be a lot of elements that we've seen in other stuff before. However, there's going to be a lot like we need to be able to go out and support this. Right. We need to be able to say, OK, thank you, Sega. You heard our feedback. And this is where a lot of people other get with, uh, you know, online are trying to say as well saying this is the first time a studio, an entertainment studio, has really listened to their audience. They've really listened to them and say, we don't like this. Please change it. And they did. And so we need to go out there and support that to help make the movie successful. I don't think that's necessarily true. If a movie never looked interesting for you in the first place, you probably shouldn't have said anything and just said, I don't want to see the movie instead of just trying to ridicule the design of the character or anything like that. really should have just said, I'm not going to go see the movie. Uh, that's really what my bare bones opinion on it is, but I, I want to see it. I'm excited to see it. So the movie's coming out in uh, February now of next year. Um, and I, I still plan on going to see it. Um, just because I, not just to help support the studio because they've listened to the audience, give their feedback, but it's, it's mostly, I, I I'm interested to see where this is going to be pushing for other video game inspired movies. Because remember we do have a super Mario brothers, uh, animated movie coming out by the same studio that does the Minions and Despicable Me movies, uh, Secret Life of Pets. All those studios are, you know, they're all the same studio. And, um, or, you know, all those movies come from the same studio, sorry. Uh, and we have heard rumors of them developing a Mario Brothers movie. 
Uh, and you know, me being such a big fan of Mario, I, I'm super excited for that. Uh, even if it, you know, the last movie we had was so awful, anything could really top it. So it's interesting to see where this goes. Uh, but if this movie does do success, if this movie is successful, we could kind of gauge on what the stu- if the if there hasn't been a you know a real good script or anything laid out for that, we can kind of get an idea of what we might be able to see, or you know how well a video game movie can be interpreted by different studios at this point. And this might be the turning point for video game based movies to be coming out and actually be good now. Um, because now we're getting a lot of people that understand what the core content of the audience that likes this stuff is and what they enjoy about it. And really an understanding of the source material itself. Uh, we've seen a lot of, you know, especially with Disney and the Marvel movies, we've seen a lot of people learn to understand the source material a lot better for these types of movies that are based on other media and be able to make them relatively well. Now, Okay, because I skipped over it, <laughs> let's go into my tinfoil hat theory about the movie. Now, I believe that the... Okay, and the, I, when I say this is real tinfoil hat, this sounds really tinfoil hat. I didn't even show the redesign, by the way. Why don't I show you the redesign while I'm talking about it? Um, so here's the redesign. Uh, you can see right there, it looks a lot better. Okay, it looks a lot better uh, right here, and it looks more in line with what he really should look like. Uh, here's another uh, screenshot from it. Here's another one. So you get an idea, right? His redesign looks pretty good. But anyway, so what I'm trying to suggest is that I think the movie was going to get delayed anyway. So I think that the movie wasn't quite quite fully ready yet, even though they had a set release date, and they needed something to help them delay it so they made a bad design with the with sonic and again this sounds super bad because again a a three-month delay is almost nothing if you really think about it if a movie was getting delayed for an entire redesign you'd think it would be longer than three months for the for the full product to be able to come out unless they were working really hard on it but I believe that the design of all of the CG animation wasn't really done yet, and they needed an excuse to delay it. So they put out a very bad design for Sonic the Hedgehog in the trailer, and then let it go from there. And and the, and the reason why I believe this is because the negative backlash was it, it was immediate. The it, the backlash was immediate. Nobody liked it. And it was almost the next day. I believe it was a day or two after the trailer came out where the uh, director of the movie came out and said, okay, we're going to put the movie on delay so we can redesign it. And, and I honestly believe that that was already the plan. That was already the plan, and he just needed an excuse to enact it. instead of Because it looks bad if a movie's getting delayed, delayed just because it's not fully finished yet. But... If the fan base says, hey, you need to fix this and we don't like it, oh, okay, well, we need to delay the movie now because you want us to change it and we're going to change it, but we're going to have to take some time away so that we can do that. And again, that's uh, well, it sounds very tinfoil hat. You know, I, if, I, if I was wearing it, I'd look like I have a Hershey kiss on my head, okay? <laughs> but 
I, I really believe that. I really believe the movie was already going to get delayed, and this, they just need an excuse. So I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. The new design looks great, though. The new design looks great, uh, and I, I, I'll be there. I won't be, you know, I won't be opening night. Um, because going to see movies opening night and lining up just to go watch, an, especially a, a hybrid kids film, uh, I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> but I will be. I will be going to see the movie eventually. Moving on with some more movie news. Another exciting thing, uh, and I don't actually have any visuals for this one, um, uh, but there has been. Uh, so we also we have one of the movies that we have coming out recently. Uh, and in fact, it might even be out now. Uh, I'm not familiar, but there is a movie based on a very iconic childhood figure, Mr. Rogers, and that movie stars Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks plays a very good role. Uh, he plays Mr. Rogers. You know, he's uh, the main guy. Um, and from the trailers uh, that I've seen, he seems to really enact that role very well. Well, it turns out that Tom Hanks took an ancestry test, and in that ancestry test. Turns out he's related to Mr. Rogers. Who knew? Uh, he, apparently, he's about a sixth cousin. So not really a direct relative, but he's on the same tree as Mr. Rogers' ancestors. So he is, in a way, related to Mr. Rogers, which is very cool. It's really cool that he's playing somebody that actually turns out to be one of his, you know, a uh, um, distant relative of his. And I don't know if he there's no there had to have been no way that he knew that or anybody else had known that it's really a coincidental thing and it's one of those magical things that kind of happens uh in the world where it's just it's almost like who knew (laughs) you know that it's everything kind of happens for a reason right and it turns out tom hanks playing mr rogers was a you know, pretty exciting reason. Uh, so a lot of people have kind of made articles about that. You've probably seen a lot of them on your Facebook feed already. Uh, you know, and that's kind of why I even brought it up because I see, I've seen like three different articles about this now. So I'm like, I have to bring it up. I have to bring up that Tom Hanks is related to Mr. Rogers and he's playing Mr. Rogers. I thought that was really cool. Um, but moving on from that, why don't we go ahead and move into a little kind of holiday-esque thing that's coming up. Uh, So one of the things that I've also seen while scrolling through Facebook is a lot of holiday gift buying guides. (laughs) Uh, And one of the things that I've seen recently is a little thing called a digital pinball machine. Now, that sounds kind of cool. Like it might, it sounds... That sounds like the uh, 3D Space Cadet uh, pinball game that was on Windows XP that everybody had and everybody played it because you know it was it was free it was pre-installed on sti- uh, on your system uh, and that's what it sounds like it sounds like a, a you know a, a pinball game on your f- computer wrong it's an actual pinball table however. Instead of uh, instead of the actual machine being very you know having a mechanical machine there and everything like that, uh, instead it's a digital screen. So it's just a flat screen. Uh, I guess it's a 3D pane screen for some of these. I've seen ones that are 3D and ones that aren't, uh, but it is a LCD screen uh, across it and then an LCD screen on top. Uh, that allows you to change the themes on them. Some of them are set themes, uh, but some of them are different. 
All right, you can change the theme on, which is kind of cool for a pinball table, being able to change the theme of it. But we'll get into why this is not necessarily the coolest thing ever. Uh, so one of the things that um, these feature that the pinball machine has, it has, you know, all the standard things you would expect of a pinball machine. Flippers, it has a slide knob that you can use to release the ball. Um, and, you know, buttons for flippers. It shows your score. And, you know, you get to see uh, the 3D ones. I guess it has a 3D effect to it where it kind of pops up. Uh, but here's the problem. This is how out of touch some of these companies think about the, or this is how out of touch uh, some of the companies that develop these things, they don't realize what their audience is. So a digital pinball machine might be cool for something like a bar or a, um, maybe even just a home home bar just to have there for people that like to play pinball. But here's the thing. Um, and, and you know, and honestly, the the reason for that is probably because it's a lot cheaper than actually having a pinball machine. Pinball machines are very expensive. Uh, if you've ever seen any for sale or you've uh, thought about buying one, you'll quickly notice how high high in price they are because pinball machines aren't manufactured like they were. Uh, pinball machines used to be one of the most popular arcade things that you could ever have. Uh, and it's something that a lot of people still desire to go out and experience because pinball is something. This is the thing. This is the thing that about pinball that these manufacturers don't understand pinball is a very mechanical it's a very feedback enforced game you know the flippers most flippers are analog they're not just buttons that you push and it flips they're analog so the harder you push it the harder that goes uh the lever that you pull back to spring the ball that's a mechanic uh, that's an analog action it, it, it's based on how far you pulled out how much power you're putting into it all the 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 bands, all of the vibrations of the table, that's all very mechanical. That's all you can't recreate that digitally. It's an experience that it it's felt directly in your hands and your whole body because you get that entire experience right then and there. It's something that's never really been able to be recreated digitally. While some people do enjoy digital pinball, like on their Game Boy back in the day, or um, you know, 3D Space Cadet on Windows XP. It's something that isn't able to be... Re There's a, a certain feeling you get from playing a physical old pinball machine that you can't recreate digitally. And that's the problem with these machines. These machines don't give you any of that actual feedback. The buttons are completely digital. The flippers only do one action. Uh, you can't really tilt the table. I mean, most machines don't let you tilt them anyway. They have tilt sensors in them. Um, but, you know, you can't, uh, like, you're not going to get the vibrations of the table. Uh, I mean, unless maybe some of these do. I haven't been able to find any that do give vibrations uh, based on if they hit anything in the game or not. Uh, most of them, they just look like TVs on stands. That's it. Um, with boxes underneath them. Uh, but they there's it's just a feeling that you don't get from any any kind of table like that it is cool to be able to change the theme it is cool to be able to mix things up with the table but it's not something that can be it the true pinball experience isn't something that can be recreated digitally and that's why a lot of pinball enthusiasts they'll go out and buy old machines They'll go out and buy old machines. They won't buy any of these uh, a new one like this because it's it's an experience that can only be that can only be held physically. It can't be it can't be held digitally. 
even though this machine is a full machine, it doesn't have any of the the actual features you would be able to find. Still be able to. It's still cool to change the thing though. I, I like that. I like that. But it, it that okay again. That's it's something uh, again. I've been seeing a lot of these holiday gift buying guides, and then uh, and the this pinball machine pops up. I have to say something about it. I have to. It's just not. Like, uh, I'm not a big pinball guy either. I'm not a big pinball enthusiast, but I understand why this is a stupid idea, why this is a not really a, a cool, as cool product as some people might believe. This is something that you probably are like, hey, my grandson, like, you know, he's, or I wanted my grandson to be able to experience pinball or something. Uh, and even still, I don't know who would spend this kind of money because these things aren't cheap either. They're like 400 bucks. In fact, uh, I believe I had one popped up. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, here here's one of the new ones from Walmart.com. Uh, I'm not going to bring it up, but it's Haunted House uh, Black Hole and Black Hole 3D Digital Pinball Games. Um, it's $399, $400. Uh, and here's here's what's funny. Here's a uh, a lot. There's a lot of these virtual pinball machines. I'm just going to look up. Um, a regular pinball machine and see how much they are. Yeah, this is the this is the really true jump in price. If you wanted to buy a brand new one, here's a Star Wars one uh, themed one. Again, I'm not going to bring it up for you guys, but it's $4,000. So it's about, it's about 10% of the cost of a really good full-size pinball machine. But it's, I mean, the experience isn't so, it, like you're really missing out on something that really feels good. Uh, and like, because I played a few physical pinball machines. I played, I played pinball machines since I was a kid, really. Uh, I've been able to experience some of them in some of the very few arcades I've gone to while I was on vacation. There'd be like a little rec room at some of the places we went and they'd have a pinball machine in there. Or uh, even now there's a recent upgrade, um, uprising of arcade bars and there's a few in my area and they one of the big ticket items they have there is pinball machines uh and a, a lot of people like that there's there's just something you can't really recreate digitally uh, again i've said that 50 times now but it's just i i just don't understand who thought it was a cool idea i mean it, it it's okay it's a nice idea but it's not it's not necessary we should if you really want to have a pinball experience, I would really suggest just trying to find one locally and play it like that. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on from holiday gift buying ideas, uh, why don't we go ahead and bring things back and talk a little bit about YouTube. Um, so recently, YouTube's, um, well, gotten into a bit of hot water. Uh, for some of you, you've probably already seen a lot of people talk about this. Some of your favorite YouTubers are probably getting upset about this again because this is, okay, this is what really gets me going, okay? This is, at, this isn't, this is all entire, all of this br is brought back by advertisements, okay? So, there's a little act that's been in, in, uh, well, yeah, there's a, an act that's been in act, I guess, since the 2000s, uh, and that's called the Child or Children Online Privacy Protection Act. Uh, yeah, Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, uh, also known as COPA, 
Um, and you might have been he hearing a lot about this lately because some of your favorite YouTubers are getting mad about it. They're getting mad because really it comes down to money. Um, but they're getting upset because YouTube is going to have to change because of this. So now we have YouTube's changing. So now you have to mark your channel as okay for children or not okay for children. And that's it. Uh, um, but it's a big change because the reason that change has come uh, is because YouTube has recently been fined by the Federal Trade Commission $170 million for COPA violations because they've been... They've been collecting data on the children that watch YouTube and, you know, making targeted ads for them. It's something that we've been able to know. It's something we've known, and it's not something that's really been hidden. Uh, it's something that's kind of really obvious if you pay attention to it. Uh, but YouTube's been collecting, and by the way, YouTube is basically Google. <laughs> um, so they've been collecting uh, information on minors and targeting advertisements towards them to really... You know, targeted advertisements already a pretty bad thing. Uh, I get them all the time, uh, and you've probably experienced this too, where you've just been you just been sitting at home. Uh, you might have briefly mentioned something that's coming up, or you might have mentioned something that you thought about buying, and then you start scrolling through your uh, social media, and lo and behold, hey, there's an ad for that thing you were thinking about or you were talking about. Maybe you should buy it. It's right now on Amazon for uh, uh, twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> you know, now I get that all the time. I guarantee you, you get that all the time. Even if you have features enabled to not do that, it still does it. They don't care. Like these social media, all all these social media companies, all these advertisement companies, they don't care what you think. They just want your money. All right, and this is the problem. This is what's really messed up about this uh, situation is that even though YouTube has been fined, they're still going to do it. They're going to get away with it because they're going to find ways around it. Uh, and here's, here's why, because you don't, you don't have to sign in onto YouTube to watch their stuff. You could be, you don't have to be signed in for, you don't have to have an account. You can, anybody can watch anything. You know, you can look up, you say you wanted to watch the newest, um, um, good mythical morning. Good mythical morning is a very popular channel. Um, constantly watched by children. I've seen it. Uh, and even my brother, he loves the show. Uh, I, I, I think it's funny too. I mean, I can, I can get down with it. I can get down with good mythical morning, man. It's good. It's good. It's good, man. But, <laughs> but it's, it's something that really kind of messes. It's say you wanted to watch that. Okay. I, before I lose my whole track of thought and everything, Say you wanted to watch Good Mythical Morning. You don't have to be signed in to watch that. You, anybody can watch it, right? You can't comment. You can't like. You have to have, be signed into your account to do that. But who's going to say you're not going to get an ad for, like, you're going to get an ad. All these monetized channels, you're going to get an ad, okay? This is why everything comes down to ads, okay? It doesn't matter. And this is why a lot of YouTubers get upset, are going to get upset over it, is because they feel like it's going to affect their the money. It's going to affect their wallet. And I've even seen people complain that saying, well, I guess you're going to be seeing more people being sponsored by, you know, really terrible, com like, oh, by you're going to see a lot more people sponsored by NordVPN and Raid Shadow Legends and stuff. And it's like, who cares? All right. Look, the, the reality is, is I hate advertisements. Okay. 
I hate advertisements. You hate advertisements. Everybody doesn't. Nobody likes ads. Who likes ads? The whole reason, like, I'm gonna do an. I want to do an entire episode just talking about this in general. But uh, here's kind of a little brief. <laughs> here's kind of a little preview of it for you, if you will. Uh, and that's. I, I'm not gonna be. I don't like ads, and I'm never going to subject you or anyone else to that. I'm not going to subject you to an ad or a sponsor, like a- any of that. That's It's so stupid. I would never want you to ever see any of that stuff. Uh, and that's why I'm going to go out of my way to make sure I'm never going to give you that stuff. So if, if it ever comes up, if this ever, show ever becomes successful, I'm not going to monetize it, okay? I'm not going to monetize this because... I respect you. I respect you too much. You know, I waste your time and my time when you are forced to watch an ad, which by the way, YouTube doesn't show you just one ad anymore and then that's it. No, 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 no. It's one ad. Oh, out of two. But you can't skip the first one anymore or you skip the first one and it goes right into the next one and then you have to watch that one. Or you get an ad here, and then five minutes later, here's another ad. Ten minutes later, here's another ad. Near the end of the video, here's another ad. Oh, ten minutes before the end of the video, here's another ad. It's insane. The ads are out of control for all of these. It's not just YouTube. YouTube's the worst offender right now, but it's not just YouTube. It's cable television. It's social media. It's everything. Everything around you is being subjected they're constantly subjecting you to advertisements okay advertisements sponsorships all of that it's it's getting enough i've had enough of it anyway before i get way too hot-headed on all of this let's go back to the copa and why a lot of youtubers are getting mad a lot of youtubers are getting mad because they feel like this is going to affect their monetization everything comes back to money for them it's all me they see they see copa violations and they go yeah but what about me, I know you've. I know you're messing up YouTube, but why, how does it affect me? How am I gonna get paid? <laughs> you know, that's everything comes back to themselves, and they want to know, you know, how they're gonna be affected. And to be fair, I would want to know how I'm gonna be affected too. But again, this really kind of like all of the social media outbursts by these people, all of the videos that they're making about it, really just shows how mad that they really are and how much they're really just trying to make sure that they still get a paycheck. And not, to be fair, if that, if this is their living and that's how they want to make a living, that's fine. I, I have no, I have no issues. I have no qualms. If some, <laughs> that sounded bad. Uh, I didn't say that qualms, not qualms. Okay. Anyway, it, it, I have no issue if somebody wants to make a living on YouTube. In fact, it, it's for some people, it's their dream job. I have no issues with that. But you do realize that your entire way of living is based on companies paying you money still for for advertisements, for sponsorships. And that's why, that's why a lot of people are saying you're going to be seeing a lot more sponsorship deals. So even if people start demonetizing their channel and taking up those sponsorships, you're still going to see them in the same place. Instead, now you're going to see, here's a 30-second uh, sponsorship ad for Raid Shadow Legends, which Raid Shadow Legends is one of the stupidest ones I've ever seen, by the way. It looks like a shit game. It looks like the stupidest mobile game I've ever seen on the planet. I don't know why anybody even accepts sponsorships from these Dumb, 
dumb phone companies who, it, by the way, if you ever load up that game, you're going to get ads in it as well. You really think that you really think that they're just advertising a game because they want you to play it because it's cool. No, they want you to download it so that they can get ad revenue themselves. Okay, everything is about ads. Everything is about ads when it comes to having sponsorships, having um, your YouTube channel monetization. It's everything's ads. Everything is ads. But the issue that comes now is a lot of people is the obviously the extreme outburst but it's not going to matter it's not going to affect anything advertisements are still going to show up people are still going to stay monetized it's just youtube's been violating the law and now it's come it's come out it's come out that they've they're violating the law and going out of their way to make sure kids see ads that are targeted towards things that they like so that they can go get mommy's credit card and buy more v bucks on fortnite Anyway, um, so this whole this whole Copa outburst, this whole Copa outrage, is, is it's a big joke. It's just people mad about their their paycheck. It's just people mad about their paycheck. And now, what am I gonna do? It's it's adpocalypse all over again for what people call it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you this right now. This is a little this is a future preview for that episode, which I I might even do recently. I might even do sooner than what I planned on doing it. I didn't plan on doing it for a couple months. I might do it next month now. The reality is, is that the adpocalypse isn't people getting demonetized, isn't YouTube channels losing money. The adpocalypse is there being more ads, okay? The world is chaos, and it all begins with Raid Shadow Legends. I'm really memeing hard on Raid Shadow Legends, but that is a bad game, and I see ads for it all the time. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but okay. Uh, final, final thing. Let's move on. We've been going for a little while. Let's try to wrap things up. So we got two more things left on the news feed that I want to, I always do this. Why do I always do this hand motion? Uh, we got two more things that I want to uh, bring up to you all. And the first one is the video game awards is coming up. Uh, the video game awards is an event that happens every year. Um, and it, it's basically, it, it's, uh, basically the Oscars, I guess, uh, for video games. There's different categories, obviously based on different categories of games or genres of the games, whether it be platformer, action, RPG, all those, all those types of genres that you see. And it basically is a voting contest for who is the who's the best one of that for this year. Um, and I believe that the VGA is kind of garbage. I think it's always been stupid. Uh, and they've everything seems like it's always been based on getting money from companies rather than uh, actually going out of their way to, um, you know, getting money from companies rather than really having integrity on what game is good and what isn't good. Because for some reason, there's all like it never encompasses everything that comes out over the year. It usually ends up being just like what's been released recently um, as opposed to what's been released throughout the year, uh, save for maybe a few exceptions. I feel like it's like companies kind of pay for their stuff to be featured on this. Um, but again, that's more tinfoil hat stuff. I'm not, I can't verify any of that. But uh, again, it seems like the same companies have the same, you know, it's almost like the same companies kind of win every year. There's not really much variety when it comes to the VJ, especially when it comes to the games that you see up for the awards. 
However, I do have an entire show I want to do after the VGA um, Video Game Awards. Sorry, I always keep you know just calling it the VGA. It's after the Video Game Awards. I want to do an entire show, kind of recapping my thoughts on it, um, and actually give you a rundown of how I feel about them and all. So instead, what we're going to do is we're actually just going to go ahead and go over some of the nominees. Uh, we'll go ahead and take a look at some of the ones. Uh, you might be familiar with some of these. You might not. Um, and that's okay. Uh, so here we go. We have 2019 nominees. First for Game of the Year. Uh, we have a game called Control. Never heard of it. Uh, Death Stranding, of course, because that's been the... Um, it, it's weird, too. It's weird, too, because there's like a... there's seen, I, When is the cutoff? Some of these games are from last year, okay? When is the cutoff for the 2019 nominations? I, I mean... Uh, one of the, like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is on here. That game came out last year. Um, and, and you know, and one of the, we'll, I'll, we'll get to it when we get down there, but one of the, uh, RPGs, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield that just came out last week. That's not even up for nomination. You think of all the RPGs to be up there. That would be one of them. It's not. So, okay. Um, but we have Resident Evil 2. Uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and then you know Smash Brothers Ultimate, and it looks like there's another one. Oh, The Outer Worlds. Hey, that just came out too. Hmm, we got one, two, two recent releases. Hmm, and that's just for Game of the Year. See, it seems like newer releases kind of overshadow what's come out throughout the year as well, even though I like The Outer Worlds, don't get me wrong. Um, but here we have Action Game, Apex Legends, of course, Devil May Cry 5, Astral Chain, Call of Duty, because that's up there every year. Gears of War 5, and then finally Metro Exodus, uh, which I believe Metro Exodus came out last year as well. So, uh, again, when is the cutoff for these? Uh, we have, uh, you know, action-adventure game. We got Borderlands 3, Control again, Death Stranding again, Resident Evil 2 again, because... And this is what's stupid, too. I Like, the fact that these... If you're... Okay, for, for a quick preview of that... If your game is up for game of the year, it shouldn't be qualified for any of the other categories because if it's game of the year, it means it's already the best in that genre as well. So why is that even up, why is it even up there for in the first place? It should only be up there once if it's up there for game of the year. But that being said, uh, of Legend of Zelda, Link the uh, Link uh, Link's Awakening, uh, because of course every year. Anytime a Zelda game comes out, of course it's up there for the VGA. I'm just surprised it's not up there for Game of the Year. Um, honestly, I'm surprised that Smash Brothers Ultimate's even up there for Game of the Year because, uh, you want my honest opinion, I don't really think Smash Bros. Ultimate's that good. I, I really don't like that game that much. Um, and it's not it's not me trying to be mean. It's not me trying to downplay Smash Brothers Ultimate at all. I just it's for me it's not it's not a good game. It's not fun. Like, I love Smash Brothers. I, I I used to play it all the time. Like, and it's not like I used to play it all the time back on, like, N64 and GameCube, and that was it. Like, I've played Smash Bros. I've played every single one since they've come out. Uh, and this is just one that's I just don't care for. It's There's a lot of issues I have with it, and it's just not fun to me. Uh, but here we have Art Direction, because games are art. You know, they're not, they're not, they're not, um, <laughs> uh, you're not, you're, you know, video games aren't their own thing. No, they're art. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we have Control again, Death Stranding again, Sekiro, Shadows Eye twice again, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening again, and then a game called um, Sayonara Wild Hearts, and then Chris or Gris, Gris, okay, it's called Gris, whatever. 
um, audio design. We have Call of Duty again, Control again. You'll just see the same games over and over and over on these lists. I mean, Call of Duty, Control, Death Stranding, Gears 5, Resident Evil 2, and then Sekiro, Shadows of Christ. All these games have already been on another list, okay? Um, and how hard... And, and you know, if you want me, I uh, okay. You know, no, no, no. I okay. You know, because it's it's the show is going to be done after it. If you want my opinion on what's going to win for Game of the Year, it's going to be Death Stranding, uh, and it's only going to be Death Stranding because a it's a Kojima game, uh, b journalists have blown their load over the game, and even though it's not really a game, it's more like a movie, um, and c because every year a Kojima game, uh, every year a Kojima game is up there, it wins, uh, much like how. Uh, Zelda, every time a Zelda game is up there, it wins. Kojima games have that same kind of magic, I guess. Uh, so community support, we have Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and then Rainbow Six Siege. Um, I've played three of those. <laughs> um, but let's see. And then we get to weird ones like Content Creator of the Year, Esports Coach. There's a lot of esports stuff in here. Esports Event, Esports Game of the Year, Esports Host, Esports Players, Esports Teams. It's just esports, esports, esports. And then we get to the most hilarious category of all of them, Family Game. And every single one of them is a Nintendo game. Like, do these people understand that there's more family games out there other than what Nintendo produces? I mean, there's plenty of games. Jackbox Party Pack 6 came out. That's basically a family game. I mean, I play it only with my family and my friends. Uh, it's a social game. You can't play it by yourself. Uh, I mean, like Ring Fit Adventure, that's a, that's not a family game. You play that by yourself. You, I mean, you're not, you're not going to be surrounded by your family when you're playing that. Uh, I mean... Yoshi's Crafted World, you'll maybe be there with one other person. Uh, Super Mario Maker 2, that's not a family game. It's not a family game. That's a level creation game, okay? I mean, it's just out of out of control. Fighting games, we have Dead or Alive 6, Jump Force. Jump Force is one of the worst, is one of the most hated and one of the worst received games of this year. And it's up there on nominations for fighting game of the year. Like, are these people stupid? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a joke. Uh, I mean, indie games. Uh, and finally, something that like recognizes that there's may more than just what the AAA studios make. But then, to be fair, I've never heard of any of these games. So I can't really say much about them. So I'm sorry. Uh, I love indie games, but like, again, look, there's this whole thing is, is controlled by ads sponsored by subway, uh, you know, um, game direction. There's death stranding the same five games that you've seen already games impact. Uh, you know, we got uh, concrete's genie, whatever, what does games for impact even mean? What does that even mean? You know, that's a genre, like, what is, what, that's like, what is it? Is it because it had a good story? Did it, is it, did it make you something? Did it change your mind politically? What did games for impact mean? What does that even mean? Uh, we've got independent game, which is the same as indie. So what's the difference? Why is there two different categories for independent and indie games? Um, uh, you know, we've got uh, Katana Zero, which came out last year. 
you know, untitled goose game because, you know, people were blowing their load over, over this game. It's just, you play as a goose. I've seen the gameplay for it. I've watched people play it. It's dumb. It's boring. Who likes this? You know, some of these game choices are awful. Mobile game. Who would even want to play a mobile game and call it game of the year? I mean, you have Call of Duty Mobile. What the golf? What is even? What do you even? What even are these games? We've got multiplayer games, which I mean, again, could be the same as community-driven games. So, um, but again, we've got Call of Duty on here, Borderlands Three, Apex Legends again. Uh, the only one that we haven't seen yet is Tetris Ninety Nine and Tom Clancy's Division Two. All these other games we've seen on other categories. And there's more, there's more than these five multiplayer games that have come out. Like, there's no variety. That's my problem with the VGA. Again, this, this, a lot, some of this might get reiterated in the actual episode. But the VGA, there's no variety to it. It's all the same stuff that you see every year, all the time. Narrative, we got the same games again. We've got Control, Death Stranding, Outer Worlds, and, you know, a Plague Tale and Disco Elysium, the only two out- outliers that haven't been shown before. But then we have Ongoing Game, Apex Legends, we've already seen, Destiny 2, we've already seen, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, and Rainbow Six Siege. All these games we've already seen before. This was the same as community-driven games. It's the same list. It's the same list. In fact, I'll scroll right back up. It's the sa- Ongoing Game, and then we'll go to Community-Driven Game. It's the same list, Okay. Community community support, sorry, community Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and Rainbow Six Siege. It's the exact same list. Okay? It's the exact same list. And just to verify, ongoing game, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and Rainbow Six Siege. So performance, these are actors for for video game awards let's give an award to the actor because like i said this is basically the oscars it's the oscars for video games so we have to not to say that these people haven't put in their work and haven't done amazing roles for these characters that they portray but again that's not what it's about it's about the game itself it's not about the individual in the game role-playing game we have rpg and we have Kingdom Hearts 3, which was mixed success, or, you know, mixed uh, feelings about that from a lot of people. Um, the one only really big outlier for this is Monster Hunter World Iceborne, which is an expansion to a game that already exists. So I don't understand why that's in there. However, I love Monster Hunter. I'm not going to deny that Monster Hunter is amazing. It's an amazing game. Um, of all of these, I don't think Monster Hunter World Iceborne is going to win just because it's an expansion. Uh, but I do believe that it will either be Disco Elysium or The Outer Worlds because those are the two that journalists have kind of blown, uh, you know, again, blown up about and said these are amazing. They're the best games ever. Um, we have another score in music, even though we had a, a uh, one for soundtrack earlier, I believe. Uh, Cadence of Hyrule, Dest- or, uh, yeah, sound design earlier, and now we have score in music or something like that. Uh, Death Stranding, uh, uh, Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3 again, uh, Cadence of Hyrule is the only like outlier. Then we have sports and racing, strategy, and then VR because if, you know VR is still the future apparently to some people. Um, but we ha- don't really have anything uh, really that interesting. It's other than Trover Saves the Universe, which is the Justin Roiland VR game. Um, and I've seen some gameplay of it. It's just, it, it's whatever doesn't look amazing but it's it's okay i guess um but uh the 
and that's the that's it. That's all the categories that we see. It says be social. You can go on there and you can vote for what your favorite ones are, but they don't take suggestions for, uh, or at least it doesn't look like it. They don't look like they take suggestions for games to be added to those categories, which it, it doesn't even make sense. The the award ceremony is uh, December twelfth this year. I'm not sure what time it is, but again, that doesn't really matter because it'll eventually pop up, or you know, we'll eventually see it. But after the after the show, um. You know, after we see that, uh, or after we see what actually wins, I do want to do another show and kind of go over that and give you my entire feelings of it, uh, who I think should have won, who, why I don't think this particular one might have won, or why I should have even been up in the running. And we'll, that'll be, I think that'll be a relatively fun one. Uh, and one thing that, uh, and just because I, I, this is how out of touch some of the suggestions are, is that, and why it's a bad time for it even to be, this should be something that happens early in the year rather than at the end, because we get a lot of releases at the holiday time. So like we still have new games that are really big AAA titles that are coming out now. And we have, you know, those aren't even being represented in the, these awards. Um, but speaking of releases that are still coming out uh, to close things off, uh, we, we do have a new release coming out really um, if I'm able to get this out the day of the recording tomorrow, otherwise it'll be out the day it releases. Uh, so on, uh, you know, December or not December on November 21st, uh, we do have a game called bug fables coming out and bug fables. So to put this in, into pers- uh, perspective, I've mentioned before that paper Mario is one of my favorite games of all time. I love Paper Mario. I love the aesthetic. I love the story behind it. I, I just love everything about the game. It, it's one of my favorite games of all time. And it's really been a franchise that's been butchered by Nintendo recently uh, in the past few years. It, it, there's no con, there's no integrity behind, behind, it, behind it anymore. Man, I can't talk right now. <laughs> um, there's no integrity behind it anymore that we really kind of expect. We don't... We, we, kind of want that Nintendo seal of quality that we don't get anymore. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with intelligent systems not being behind the design of the game anymore. Uh, Intelligent systems has shown themselves multiple, multiple times to be really good developers, especially when it comes to RPGs. Um, And even some of the other games that you've probably played, you've probably played some of the Mega Man uh, Zero games or some of the uh, ZX games or anything like that, which... Speaking of those, uh, before we get into bug fables, <laughs> one thing I actually did forget to mention. Um, speaking of delays, uh, so other than the Sonic movie getting delayed, um, we had uh, Mega Man Zero and ZX Legacy Collection coming out. This is pretty big, cool news for Mega Man fans. Uh, I don't know if maybe many of you have seen this, um, but there's a we you know the Mega Man collections have been doing pretty good lately. We had uh, you know the classic Mega Man collections one and two. And then we had the X collections one and two that did pretty good. Um, You know, a lot of fans were loving that. We're excited for them. Uh, But last week we also had the, uh, but, or, but recently we had the trailer for the Mega Man zero and ZX uh, games coming to uh, a collection coming into the HD era, you know, with completely redone, uh, you know, redone in the sense of that it can run on modern machines and not look like, super pixelated or super um um i guess bland not even bland i, I don't really know how, what you would call it um but 
you know, these games were made for very small screens, so they're getting blown up so that they can actually be rendered properly on modern displays. And it's really exciting to see that because the Zero and ZX games are, of all the Mega Man games, they're my favorite ones. Uh, I was really excited when I saw the collection coming out, especially with the ZX games on it and the ability to play them on my computer or my Switch or whatever device I want. It's probably going to be my computer, by the way, <laughs> just because I'm moving away from consoles. But uh, it, it's really exciting to be able to play these on modern hardware uh, with it looking good. Uh, and we saw the trailer for that. The release date was going to be in mid-January. Uh, or it was either mid or late January. I believe it was around the 20th, January 20th or something like that. Uh, so it was cool to see that that was coming right after the holidays. Well, unfortunately, we did get news that it is being delayed. It is being delayed another month. Um, whether that be to fix some of the bugs or whether it's to fix some of the issues that they've had with some of the new features they want to implement, I'm not sure. Um, to me, it seems like the game, it, the, from the trailer, it looked like the game was ready to go. Uh, so I don't understand the delay. I'm thinking maybe the delay has to do with so it doesn't interfere with sales for Monster Hunter World Iceborne being coming to PCs. So I think that might be the issue for why Capcom's choosing to delay it. Um, but either way, it is being delayed, and that's unfortunate. Uh, but coming back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, so let's go into Bug Fables. Bug Fables is a very Paper Mario-inspired game. Uh, it features, you know, the aesthetic. In fact, while this is playing, or, you know, while I'm d talking about it, why don't I just go ahead and go ahead and play the trailer for you. <coughs> Sorry, my... Uh, Voice is getting a little hoarse because I've been talking for really long uh, and very harshly on my throat. Also, I've been a little under the weather. That's kind of why I'm late. Um, I just had a lot going on. I'm sorry. But anyway, so this is the, while the Bug Fables trailer is going, um, we can go ahead and I can go and tell you a little bit about what the game is and you can kind of see what it is. It's a... Basically an RPG, uh, or not basically, it is an RPG with a very heavy inspiration on the aesthetic and the feel of Paper Mario when it comes to the combat, uh, how you build your characters essentially, and just kind of the way you explore the world of it. Uh, you can see right there in the trailer that the art is is flat. It's all kind of like flat landscapes, paper-based, or, you know, looks paper. Um, doesn't mean it acts like paper, kind of like what they do in Paper Mario a little bit. It just looks that way. It's an aesthetic choice. Uh, and this game comes out tomorrow. I'm really excited for this because I like this. I, 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 I'm I, really excited to play this. You can see it's all, all, all the things are very bug-based. So it's like this tiny world. And so the grass is huge. And, you know, there's giant flowers. Um, you know, it's these bug civilizations with different races and stuff like that. You know, like bees. Uh, you know, obviously you can see right there bees, beetles, mantises, or manti, I guess is the plural word. Uh, flies, any, all that types of stuff. So it's really cool. You have these, like, there's, you can see right there, there's a partner dynamic uh, with different bugs. There's a lot of, uh, I'm repeating the same stuff over and over, but this is fun. This is so, looks so cool. I just want to let this play for a little bit longer so you can get an idea of it. As you can see, it's turn-based. Um, it doesn't deal with large numbers. I like that. I like that it deals with small numbers, like four, five, two, 
Um, and it says right here, coming 2019. Even if you check the store page, it still doesn't give an official release date um, on Steam. Um, but, you know, all these other platforms that it is coming to, I haven't even been able to see it on there. But according to the developers, it is coming out tomorrow. And according to one of my leading into this week's uh, content awareness, uh, because this is, uh, again, this is a segment I want to keep up with. Um, content awareness is a basically a shout out. This is a shout out for other creators, other people that I enjoy on a regular basis. Um, one of the, and this week's show or this week's shout out goes to another podcast, another podcast that I listen to all the time called Let Me Tell You About a Storytelling Podcast. <laughs> it's not so much a storytelling podcast anymore, but they're still one of the more entertaining podcasts that I've listened to over the years. And it's actually one of the reasons why I've even started a show in the first place. They're one of the inspirations for me wanting to podcast, learning about podcasting and just wanting, just getting the drive, the desire to be like, I want to do that too. That looks like a lot of fun and I do have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, so this is, uh, so that show is, let me tell you about, uh, I actually didn't even pre, uh, preface this by anything, but I'll go ahead and, uh, let me tell you about. Uh, so here's the, uh, I'll put the link again. I'll put a lot of the links to the stuff I've referenced today in the sh uh, description down below or the show notes for the audio version. Uh, but you can see right here is let me tell you about. And there is right there. They're a large channel. Okay. 18.8 K subscribers larger than I'll ever be. All right. Again, we're, we're shouting upwards right now. We're not shouting down. <laughs> we're shouting upwards. Um, and, uh, cause again, content awareness is about helping, uh, help build a, a larger community with myself and others, because I want to introduce people that aren't familiar with the things that I like to the things that I like. And, you know, if somehow they learn about me as well, that would be pretty, uh, pretty nice too, <laughs> but it's not, it's not the end goal. It's not the end goal. It's, it's I want to I want to give you guys stuff other things that you can learn to enjoy as well that I like to listen listen to it'll help you understand me a little better um, you know some of the things that I like so let me tell you about uh, you know they have a variety of shows on a variety of different topics kind of like what I do uh, I do a variety of things um, uh, you know the only consistent thing I've done so far are these little news shows that I actually like doing I like doing these a lot I need to find a better name I, like again I need to find a better name for this news wrap-up show or whatever it is you know just it's just news <laughs> it's news I, I it kind of works for me because it's just it's just news who cares but uh so go ahead and check that out however uh this particular uh youtube podcast they have interviewed the developers of bug fables and they've actually been pretty heavily involved with the development of the game and because of that he actually has early access to the game so what he is doing right now, uh, because the game comes out tomorrow, he's doing a pre-day stream of the game with one of his other uh, friends that, uh, you know, relative shows up on the show sometimes, I guess. Uh, but he does do another podcast with, I believe. Um, uh, but they are on Twitch right now under his, um, under the uh, pseudonym of Bro Operatives. That's Bro underscore Operatives. Uh, and then as you can see right now, uh, they're actually live playing the game right now. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and take a listen to what they are doing. Maki, I leave you to your mission. 
While you're at it, inform artists that the next expedition is confirmed. So course, while they are, I thought I would My go ahead and give a story. shout out. You three, I'll bless you with the head So I think, Sorry, you know, I'm okay. I'm kind of debating on whether I want to do this or not. So as you can see, they're narrating the game uh, right now. Uh, I don't know if I want to do this or not. I might get banned on his Twitch. I uh, just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it and get it out of the way because it's fun. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and type in the chat and see if they notice. Uh, but I'm going to type in there and be like, hey, I'm giving you guys a shout out on my show. If you have anything you'd like to say to the camera, say it now. Uh, so let's go ahead and do that. Let's go ahead and do that live uh, and see what they have to say. So, so hey guys, love the stream and the game. Or, and am excited to play the game tomorrow. That being said... I am recording my show live right now. <laughs> my show live right now. Right now. Anything you have to say to the camera. And let's just see what they have to say. I'm ready to do the regicide slide. Let's go. <laughs> Let's see what they have to say. <laughs> if anything at all. Oh, man. We'll give it about right. a minute or two, okay? And then we'll just dip. Because... Anything you have to say to the camera. What? That's the thing that I have to say to the camera. Are you recording a Twitch chat? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say to your camera. I've got a big scare earlier, but I have to admit, we did really well. Uh... Anyway, so I guess they maybe in the Golden Hills Festival. That's right. How fortunate that our expedition would line up with such an occasion. A leap. A leap. Well, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. So I don't know what else to say, but it's gonna be it. So take it easy, guys. Uh, um, I'll catch you next one. And as always, stay chill, stay easy. I don't know how to outro these shows, but um, yeah. Take it easy, man. Bye.